It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and of course wherever you get your podcasts from as we bring you the most real estate property information, news and information right around the UAE every week and we are up to a Thursday morning. It is the 19th day, can you believe it, for October for 2023. Not a lot left in 2023. There's going to be a mad panic and I hope your week is going well. Of course, the weekend isn't too far away and coming up on Saturday, we have another edition of the Saturday Morning Property Market Update and Matthew Gregory is going to be here once again, the team captain. We've got two team captains. The other, of course, is Mario. Every week we just do that reflection back over what has been happening, what are the talking points of Dubai and around the UAE real estate market. Just a reminder, you can email us here for any comments or suggestions at Dubai Property Podcast at gmail.com. Well, this morning, well, 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 we are catching up with Lillian LeCompion as we kick off our brand new podcast series called The Diary of a New Real Estate Agent. Of course, you know who Lillian is because we have now spoken to Lillian a number of times. And good morning. We are talking to you, Lillian, from Dubai and not Australia. Yes, salam alaikum, Craig. It's very surreal to finally be here and be in the same room that Mario usually records from where all the magic gets made. Well, yeah, I guess that's kind of weird in itself, just being in the space, because if we go back all those months ago, you were in Australia, you were listening to Mario talk to me, and now, bizarrely, you are in the media recording and doing the podcast with us. Yeah, it's been a really long journey if I think back to May when I first got in contact. Um, and then it's all just happened really, really fast. And today I'm sitting here today. And um, even though I'm so excited and I've hit the ground running, I do actually wish I'd given myself a bit of a break in between the country move. I think that um, you often forget how emotional it is to move country. You've got to say goodbye to all your friends and your family, but then you've got the physical demands of packing up your house and changing your job at the same time doing research for the new job. So it's been a very, very fast journey and uh, my head's spinning a little bit, to be honest. It's amazing what the body will do when it comes to a move. There's an enormous amount of things to prepare, get organised and then get over to, in this case, Dubai, then you've got to unpack and then you've got to get ready for your job. And then suddenly you kind of, oh, gee, I wish I could have a week's holiday. Yeah, exactly. And I think Dubai in particular, um, I mean, I'm coming from Australia. It's not a particularly cold country, but the heat hit me the moment I landed. It was 39 degrees, 82% humidity. It kind of overtakes all your your body's uh, capacity. And I, I'm a runner, so I'm used to exercising every day, which is something that I do as a bit of a release. And I'm really struggling to do that because of the heat here. 
Well, you're going to get used to, like everybody here in Dubai, of the heat. That is that is just your body acclimatising, getting used to it. You'll be fine and uh, you'll be able to go on those runs. Now, first week in Dubai, we better set this up because it is the diary of a new real estate agent. We have got people that will be listening to you every time, Lillian, for those little impressions of your run up to now here in Dubai starting your job so first impressions after your first week yeah well you touched on a good point before about people having to acclimatize because there's such a large expat community here I think it's only about maybe 15 to 18 percent of local Emiratis so everyone else is actually from different countries the benefit of that is that everybody's really friendly they're opening to um, open to making friends and I'm living in Dubai Marina, which is really one of the hot spots of Dubai where there's a really cosmopolitan lifestyle that goes on. The last week, actually, I joined a group that looks after the local feral cat population, if you'd believe it or not. <laughs> I think people have this impression of Dubai that it's glitz and glamour, but actually, um, you know, there are normal things you can do, like every uh, once a week, go and look after these cats and feed them and clean up their area. And it's really quite a sweet way that people can come together. Cats. I, I have to yes. tell you, I don't like cats. I'm a dog person. Cats think they're humans. Any other impressions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the food is absolutely amazing. I, I'm a vegetarian and the amount of falafel and hummus that I can find just on the doorstep is absolutely amazing. Um, I've also joined the Australian Business Council. So going there and meeting people who have been here for two weeks or people who have been here for 20 years and getting their impressions. But the overall one takeaway is that I haven't met a single person who doesn't like it here. People land and they just keep on going for gold and they stay here as long as they can. That is your, your first week's introduction into Dubai. Of course, that's kind of what's happening outside of real estate. But let's just go into the real estate because you've hit the ground literally running straight into the training for your real estate career. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so as listeners would know, I have no experience in real estate. So the way I explain this, it might sound quite basic, but it's for someone who doesn't have any knowledge. So I started last Monday, so I guess I'm on my seventh day now. Every two weeks in this particular company, they get between 40 and 60 new agents, which is a lot. And that's just one company. So you times that by the 4,000 companies that are in Dubai. And I have to say the industry is really saturated with agents. So for those who don't know, um, the agents then get split off into either off plan, which is also known as primary or secondary. So I'm on the secondary team. What that means is basically I can sell and lease uh, apartments, villas, townhouses that already exist. And then the off plan team are launches that are being launched by um, developers. The one really interesting t statistic that we got told on the first day is that the turnover rate is about 22 to 25%. So that means that everyone who's coming in every two weeks, after about two months, you've got about a quarter of them that unfortunately don't make it. 
Yes, it does not surprise because I think it's right across the board. It doesn't matter whether it's real estate, any form of commission selling. If you're going into another country, you've really got to have enough money to realise that if you can support yourself for six months at the minimum, then you're not putting yourself under pressure. You are not in the situation where you have to run back to Australia after a couple of months' time because you are able to support yourself and you've given yourself some breathing space. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's part of all the planning, isn't it? Like you've got to do the intellectual planning, the physical planning, but also, of course, the money saving. And so this has been a journey since um, nearly the beginning of the year. And I just didn't want to be in the situation where I'd have to put pressure on myself uh, because that is actually how a lot of real estate agents burn out. They're working so hard, the pressure is on them to sometimes support families and it can be really difficult. And just coming back to the secondary market, I mean, the secondary market, it's its right up there at the moment with off-plan. We talked about this uh, just a few days ago with Mario. How do you feel about working in the, in the secondary market? Uh, that's a very, very good question. Um, I think the good thing is that when you're working in secondary, you can do off-plan. But if you work in off-plan, you can't do secondary. I'm not 100% behind the reasons of that, but uh, that's just the way that the market here works. So I'm pretty happy to have uh, openings in any kind of buildings in any of the suburbs in Dubai. So Lillian, does that mean that you're primarily you're focused on the secondary market, but if the opportunity comes along, you can work in the the off-plan? Is that how I understand it? Yes, precisely. So I'm focusing on buildings that have already been built, which for an architect, I find fascinating to walk around villas and townhouses and apartments and see what different architecture comes from different companies. But also what is quite popular in Dubai is that somebody might buy off plan and then say there's a three-year handover, maybe two years in when the the property isn't even finished yet, they might decide to sell that on. That then goes into the secondary market, even though technically it doesn't exist yet. Gotcha. And what about real estate things in Dubai that you have noticed that are different from other countries? Have you got any observations for those people listening to you outside of Dubai thinking about getting into the real estate industry? Yes, that is a massive one. I have been told by several different people to rid my mind of everything that I know about real estate. Um, As I said, I have no experience being a real estate agent, but I do have experience renting uh, as a tenant and also trying to buy myself. The one thing I find really odd is if you want to buy or rent a place in, say, Australia, England, probably even America, you'll see a listing up. It might say the address is 120 Oxford Street in Collingwood. And then you can look at the place and then you can go for a viewing. They might have an open house. Here, you don't give out the number and sometimes you don't even give out the street. So say I'm selling 120 Oxford Street, Collingwood. The agent might say to me, here's a listing. It's somewhere in Collingwood. It's in a very, very nice area. It's got these features. And then you organise the day of the listing and they say, meet me around the corner at this cafe and I will take (laughs) you to this place, which I just really struggle to get my head around. And The reason behind it is actually the competition between agents. So I didn't realise that agents basically steal listings from each other. So if you put up there 120 Oxford Street 
another agent will call up the owner and say, oh, I noticed that your house is for sale. Can I sell it for you? So I found that really, really bizarre. Yeah, no, it, it kind of makes sense, total sense, because if people want to try and get in there, hustle and steal a listing, I, I can see, yeah, m- meet you on the street, street corner. So that is definitely a little bit different. And what other things have you noticed uh, that are different from other countries? Got a few more, actually. Um, one of them is when you're renting, the involvement of the agent actually stops when the tenant moves in. So I'm used to renting in Australia. And if something happens like the oven breaks or the dishwasher starts leaking, I'll get directly in contact with the agent. But here, it stops the moment you sign the lease. There's also no, uh, very rarely exit and uh, entrance reports. So apparently it's quite hard to get your bond back. That's kind of seen as a gift that you give the landlord. But one of the hugest things that I actually really struggled also with was physical checkbooks. The first time someone said that to me, I thought they were talking about a metaphorical digital checkbook, but people actually pay with physical checkbooks, which I haven't seen since the 90s. Yeah, that's always a talking point for people coming into Dubai, looking at a checkbook and saying, wow, I am living in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it's really, really quite bizarre, but I think that people find a security in it. So it's the complete opposite end of cryptocurrency, isn't it? It is. So that is the very first episode of the Diary of a New Real Estate Agent. Lillian is brand new to real estate, having come from being an architect in Australia. And I think whoever is going to be your first client, they will be in great hands and will be royally looked after. Well, enjoy your day out there in real estate land and Lillian, look forward to catching you back in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, uh, Shukran Kade. I really, really look forward to giving you an update on the next couple of weeks in Dubai as a real estate agent for the first time. We are more than just a real estate podcast. We cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer-seller sentiment and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property. The villas start at 18 million dirhams and the queues were absolutely huge. Like you say, reminiscent of that 2007-2008 buzz that we had around launches. I think done in a slightly more mature way now. So yeah, myself, I tried to go down on Wednesday. Um, We just could not get in. There were queues all at Palm Jumeirah. So we're seeing the main difference with Palm Jumeirah Ali versus Palm Jumeirah is um, they've just launched the villas, so no apartments yet. For 18, 18.5 million, you'd get one of the cheaper villas in Palm Jumeirah, whereas Palm Jebel Ali, for the same price, you'd get a brand new villa with a third floor and 1,500 square feet extra interior. Palm Jebel Ali is a good example, but if you go back into land a little bit further, you have Expo Valley, which is doing extremely well. You've got Dubai South, you've got all these communities popping up. I mean, a good example is Tel Gaff, you've got Damak Lagoons. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.